Hey, you. Yeah. You. Yes. Yes, I'm talking to you. Do you see? Yeah. Okay. So are you looking to start a podcast, but you're thinking, I don't know what I'd talk about. It's like, I have no idea even where to get started. Don't, 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 don't even let that thought overwhelm you because guess what? I've done all the work for you. I've actually created a workbook that has 500 podcast ideas for any industry. That's right, 500. Actually, it's over 500. I think it's like 554 for any kind of podcast. I specifically created this tool for entrepreneurs who aren't sure if podcasting is right for them. They say, well, I have a blank, insert any kind of industry, business. Will a podcast work for me? My answer 99.99999% of the time is yes, a podcast will totally work for that kind of business. So let's say you're in personal finance or real estate or business or marketing or technology or beauty and fashion or pet services or life coaching or parenting or any other number of industries. I've got you covered. Let me show you some podcast ideas that I have for you to get started. You can go to crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas. That's crystal with a K, profit with two F's and two T's crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas, and you can grab this free, 100% free download today. Okay, guys, I try new things every once in a while because I really like to mix things up, but I don't like to try new things and tell you to try them unless I do them first. Does that make sense? (laughs) Like, I don't want to start endorsing something and telling you, hey, you really got to go do this if I haven't done it myself. Today is an example of me doing something. Actually, it's kind of like the trial and error, right? Like me going forth, making the mistakes so you don't have to kind of thing. (laughs) And this is a perfect example of something I think that you should start implementing immediately. And I did today's podcast interview on a Facebook Live. And it was so fantastic. It was in uh, my free Facebook group for the Profit Podcast online community. And it was all about podcast ads. And it was fantastic. And I cannot wait to dig into this interview because it was so good. There were so many nuggets of wisdom. And we are unveiling like so many things that I wish I would have known in the first few months of podcasting that I did not understand, really, let's be honest, until probably the last six months, (laughs) I've really fully understood more about the podcast advertising world, how it works, and just all the questions. We answered so many questions in this interview today. So let's get right to it. Welcome to The Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of podcasting, think of this show as the time-saving shortcut you've been looking for. So let's get right to it, shall we? So like I said in the beginning, today's podcast episode was originally recorded as a Facebook Live that I later converted into a podcast episode. And I recently did a 
YouTube video on how I did everything, what tools I used and all the things. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But I wanna tell you more about today's guest because Anthony Savelli is the co-founder and chief revenue officer at Podcast Ad Reps. And Anthony and I met at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference in February of 2020. And we kind of hit it off and we started chatting about what his company does and how it works with brands and podcasters. And I knew from the moment that we met, I was like, man, I've got to pick his brain on how everything works. Because I knew in theory and from working with other organizations like ASA, we've talked about them on the podcast before, but I really wanted to understand what their company did that was different. So Anthony has rapidly established himself as a highly reliable sales professional to the top echelon of podcast advertising agencies. He's tightly connected to the top ad buyers and agency planning strategist and is an expert at building successful podcast marketing campaigns for brand partners. And I asked so many questions, and I just got to tell you a little bit of the backstory. We kind of talk about this, but... This was not our very first podcast interview. We did one at the beginning of all the COVID crisis and whenever all that started. And I think that's when Zoom was really starting to hit like the apex of all of their issues with so many people coming. So Anthony and I originally did our interview and it got lost. It got totally messed up. So I wanted to share that just to kind of give you some transparency that just because I've been doing this doesn't mean that mistakes don't happen and that sometimes you lose audio files. But Anthony was such a sport to come on and do a Facebook Live with me. And I'm just not going to wait any longer. Here is my interview with Anthony from Podcast Ad Reps. Well, hello, everybody. I hope that you're having a fantastic day. I'm really excited because... Today, we have a special guest, and I wanted to give you all a little bit of the backstory behind our special guest today. So uh, Anthony is somebody that I actually met at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference back in February of 2020 when we could still all gather around and be social with people, right? Like none of the things that are happening right now in the world were happening. And um, we did this interview already. I feel like this is a deja vu Groundhog Day situation because we did this interview about a month ago. And then this was right when everything happened and Zoom malfunctioned. So like keeping it real, you guys, like giving y'all the behind the scenes of what happened and I lost our interview. And I've been like on like trying to just hound tech support and say, please, we got to figure this out, like all the things. But I'm so excited that Anthony decided to come on today here in our group and do this Facebook Live because I think that the conversation is going to be even deeper and richer than it was the first time because um, I have more questions, which I'm sure he's like, oh, great, because <laughs> I have so many questions about all the things podcast advertising. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on our guest, Anthony. So welcome, Anthony. How are you? Let me get a set up here. What's up, Crystal? How are you? Thanks for having me back on. Yes, yes. I'm so glad that this worked out. Um, I know that there are several people that were like, oh, I can't do it, you know, when you're going to be live, but they're definitely going to come back and watch the replay of our whole conversation because so many people want to know about podcast advertising. So I just really want to 
like I said, kind of have like a groundhog day situation on some of the things we'll probably cover again, but I do have some new questions, but can we just get started with how did you find yourself in the world of podcast advertising and all the things that you do? Yeah. So it's, it's always a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, you know, I never thought I would be in the podcast advertising industry, but I did always have somewhat of a passion for sales and communication. And uh, I, I wound up in a bit of a, man, a management role at a truck manufacturing plant for Peterbilt um, just out of college. And I, I wasn't feeling super fulfilled doing that. And long story short, I, uh, I did a job search on LinkedIn and I had a connection that had posted a, a gig for a podcast sales, uh, like a national accounts manager type role. And I took it and, and did some quick training. And that's how I entered the space. It was it was a sales role at a, a podcast network that was pretty much a tech platform focused on um, booking campaigns on podcasts. So that's how I was introduced to the space. That's so crazy. So and how long ago was like, what is the timeline of how all of this kind of played out? Sure. So that was three years ago. And I joined the, a company called Cast Plus. And I was only there for about seven months until the company went out of business. And um, my, my old boss and I figured out how to kind of, we, we figured we would try and do something ourselves because it's such a new space. And, um, you know, there's so much opportunity. And, and uh, we found that there were so many independent podcasters seeking uh, vendors, people to help them monetize. And we kind of knew how to, we had a solution for that and we worked really well together. So we decided to launch podcast ad reps. That's so yeah, cool. that was three years ago. So that's so awesome. Years. Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like um, I've been having several conversations with other people that um, they don't necessarily just do podcasting. They're not, they're not as geeky about podcasting as I am, but they've been in the space for maybe a year or two. And they're like, I feel like I've been doing this for so long because so much has changed like in this short amount of time. So what has been like the number one trend or thing that you've seen change since you've been in this space? Sure. Um, I would say as of late, um, aside from what's happening with the coronavirus, which has definitely had an effect on our, our industry. Um, I think that things are becoming more regulated in general. Um, there's a lot of discussions about attribution and providing more campaign tracking and analytics. It, it pretty much publicizes the the kind of the private numbers that podcasters see, specific downloads. It really, there's just a structure, like st things are becoming more structured uh, between ad agencies, clients, and podcasters and networks. So it's, it's good and you know, it's, it's good really in general. So yeah, it's just, it's change, you know, change is always uh, tough. So you have to adapt and that's what, po I mean, podcasting is such a new and exciting industry and uh, you know, we have to be able to adapt and change with the times. Yes. That's, and that's so interesting because, you know, uh, just, I don't know if it was released this week or it was the first time I heard about it, but you know, Google has their whole Google manager or whatever they're doing on their side. So I feel like, all of these, you know, Spotify coming onto the scene, like, ever, like there's a lot of dollars, big dollars mm -hmm. being thrown into the podcasting space. So from, um, from an advertising standpoint, most of the people that are going to watch this and listen to this, they are thinking, I'm not going to have millions of downloads. Like I'm mm -hmm. hoping to just hit, you know, a few thousand 
in a first year of my podcast. So to those, you know, us indie podcasters that are really just trying to get out there, there is still a piece of the advertising pie for us to have. So what would be a a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just starting out and they know that they have a super niche topic that probably won't bring in something like a Joe Rogan downloads or any, I mean, he's kind of a unicorn anyway. Like, let's just be honest. like He's definitely a unicorn in this space, but for someone who has a smaller following, a smaller listener base, uh, what advice would you give to them? So I would say you need to define who your P1 listener is, who who is your primary target, who's going to be tuning in and listening to your content and uh, embracing it and, you know, just tune in week to week. Be, who's going to be the most engaged with you? Is that a female, a female or a male? Is it um, someone who's young, a millennial, or is it somebody who's on, on the older end? Um, what's the target um, male, female skew? And what's your age demographic looking like? Um, those are really good things to define when you begin looking for advertisers and uh, moving forward from there. What would their interest be? Is, is it someone that likes to spend time outside uh, someone who's into sports? Is it somebody who focuses on health and wellness and uses all sorts of skincare products, hair products, stuff like that. Um, it's really good to define what your target is and what their interests are before you can begin to seek out who might make sense for, from an advertiser standpoint. Um you know, so that's just kind of looking at it generally. Where, what kinds of brands should I target? Um, but the other question is, where? Where are you going to look? Um, from the indie standpoint, and uh, when your audience isn't necessarily like a Joe Rogan of sorts, um, it's it's sometimes best to look local. You know, who who can you help in your area, and who might be interested in um, using your audience to to spread the word about their products. Um, it's sometimes a bit more difficult to, to seek out big national advertisers like a, a zip recruiter or a ship station um, to advertise on a, on a smaller audience. Um, they're looking for giant, large scale digital right. campaigns and um, they're looking for Joe Rogan type shows and those you know, millions and hundreds of thousands of impressions. Um, so I'd say look, look more local. Um, but you, you, that doesn't mean you don't have opportunities with national clients. You know, there's other types of campaigns uh, we call them CPA deals or like affiliate deals where you're uh, what that stands for is a cost per action. So it, it kind of comes at a, a more limited cost to the advertiser. They're not necessarily spending money to have a presence on a show, but you have the ability to make money and, and drive some revenue by driving conversions. So the way that works is if you advertise for any given mattress company, let's say um, I've heard that mattress companies give between a 20 and 25% commission split whenever a conversion is driven. So we're talking about uh, conversions that are typically around 1200 to 1400 bucks. So, you know, if you sell a few mattresses from giving a read to an audience of, you know, 500, 500 to a couple thousand people, you could make some pretty good money doing that. Um, It would just be, Right. So it's there, there's definitely routes to go local or national from an independent standpoint. It's just a little bit different picture than the, the Joe Rogans and, and large scale audiences. Right. Well, I'm sitting here um, when I hear you say local, I'm thinking of geographical regions. And, you know, we live in Texas and I'm like, Texas <laughs> is huge. So what would you consider local? Is that like at the state level or are you talking about like within your county, within your city? Like what, what do you consider local? So I, I say local, but really what I mean is is um, places that you're very familiar with that you might have a okay. personal tie to. 
um, let's say there's a, a place nearby that has soap, something like that, and you think you have a health and wellness type uh, podcast, if they're shipping uh, their product out to customers and, and they have, they're looking to advertise on platforms like yours, um, it might come at an efficient cost to, to test out and see, see how it works out. You know, if you offer 15% off or 20% off a bar of soap or a soap package, something like that, um, they might be more inclined. If it's just you selling the podcast yourself, um, that might be a good place to start is, you know, just those good, what makes sense for your target audience locally and that you, you're aware of and have a connection to. Yeah. Well, I love the in-depth, like, cause I, cause I tell everybody, I was like, you have to understand your listener. And I love that we're taking this approach too, because it makes your audience more appealing, not just for you. Cause it'll make you as the podcaster, it'll creating content will be a lot easier. You really understand what they want, but also if you do plan to monetize your show in ways, I mean, I know a lot of people watching and listening are like, well, I'm going to have my own products and my own services. Okay. That's fantastic. But I also do think that we should explore the world of like, what is out there for podcast advertising? Like maybe, you know, a lot of people are saying, maybe I can look at this in six months to a year once I've gotten my podcast off the ground, but I like the idea of keeping it super niche and super focused. But I want to switch gears for a second because I know like the thought on everybody's mind is like, okay, Anthony, tell us what's the secret, what's the magic number that we have to have in order to even think that our podcast could be in the ballpark of being ready to advertise. So what what would you say to someone that's thinking that? Well, that definitely depends. So I, I've uh, I've heard of podcasters monetize with as little 50 litters or less maybe. Um, that's where that cost per action type deal can come into play. It's how willing are you to put an advertisement in your episode? And, uh, you know, these ads can be seen as a nuisance, but they can also be uh, valuable to listeners. Um, at what point is it worth it to you to start advertising? Um, most campaigns that, that I work on with the national advertisers and larger shows, they're, um, the cost is, is built on a CPM model. So that's a cost per thousand listeners. So for my clients, typically, if you've got a couple thousand listeners um, and you're willing to integrate an ad on your, your episode at a cost of about $50, you know, after commission, you're looking at somewhere between like $30, $40, something like that. Is it worth it to you to interrupt the content with an ad like that? Um, it might not be. Some people, it, it might cover the costs and really make the whole uh, project sustainable. So I would say for national advertisers, it's, it definitely depends but uh, from a network standpoint, I would say it's between five and 10,000 listeners is probably a good starting point if you're looking to go um, with the big national agency right. and, and clients. Uh, but from an indie standpoint, you know, you can you can start with as little as 50 listeners or, you know, even less than that. Sometimes it just depends on what route you want to take to monetize. I love that because I feel like everybody that's listening, like their shoulders just kind of relax, like oh, this is possible. Like th this could actually happen for me, which is why, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. Cause I feel like there's a lot of stigmas about like, you know, there's like behind the scenes, like no one can know, like it's between the brands and like, you know, people at your level and what y'all do to work with podcasters and brands. I feel like it's, it's been this big mystery and that's been my interpretation of everything I've tried to find online. There's a lot of barriers to find information. But like you said earlier, the stats are becoming more available for mm -hmm. everyone to see. So I, I think that 
maybe some people were kind of fluffing up their numbers for a long time because that the stats weren't out there for everyone to see. And now you still, you know, you couldn't just go and look at all of my numbers, but there are some tools out there now where people can see, oh, you say you have a top rated podcast, but mm-hmm. do you really, do you really? So um, yeah. from mm-hmm. that standpoint, like what, I mean, because I, I just I'm imagining my listeners and my audience like they are just they're scrappy entrepreneurs and they want to get started with really growing their show. They want to just get out there and know their listeners and understand them better. But I'm trying to remember you told me about a client that you had. Um, she was uh, I just remember it was a woman and it was like a bra company or a lingerie company yeah. or something. But I just remember you said something really important about how specific it was. Do you remember, do you remember that part of our conversation? I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I I took some notes this time. So I've got a little bit more focused, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I think that I was talking about the almost 30 podcasts. It's a super female skewing health and wellness show and their relationship with the client third love. It's a bra. Um, and I think that that conversation started when we were talking about like the actual benefits of uh, podcast advertising and uh, why it shouldn't necessarily be considered a necessary evil, which it is to a lot of people considered a necessary evil. It's a, I need to make money, but I don't want to sell out and have ads on it. Um, The way that I see it, when you, when you format campaigns correctly, uh, the campaign should benefit, not just the, uh, the client, they're not going to be the only ones making money, but it should benefit all parties involved. And, uh, to me, that means the client, they have a, a solid return on investment. You know, they, they're they making a profit or they're spreading the word uh, that kind of gives them some re- residual income down the line. Um, the network and the host um, and I'll kind of squeeze us in there as a vendor. Um, they make a little commission cut that keeps business sustainable. And the audience, they get access to an applicable product. They get a solid discount code and they maybe learn about something they didn't know before that could benefit them and, and they get it at a nice rate. So when formatting campaigns correctly, everybody wins. And a couple of examples I talked to you about last time, it was third love and almost 30 and a couple other clients that uh, they might work with that make, make more sense. It's uh, you know, feminine healthcare, like brands like Lola or hum nutrition or, or liquid IV hydration, skincare, hair care. Um, those are clients that in my opinion, benefit all parties involved. Um, so that's, yeah, I think that's the example we talked about last time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I really wanted to get everybody to like have a mental picture of like a line where like everyone is level and everyone benefits in the entire situation. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of people do see it as selling out whenever they do, they, they don't feel good about it because they're like, Mm -hmm. I I have to monetize this. Some, like, I got to make money doing this, but I got to sell out. Like, that's really what they feel like. I've just, I got to sell out and I got to have mattress ads or something like dog food, Mm -hmm. whenever I'm a cat person or, you know, whatever, like they feel like they're selling out in some way. So I just wanted to really hone in on the fact that if you do it correctly, like you said, running a campaign where everybody Mm -hmm. benefits it's a pretty enjoyable experience. I would assume that it's like um, more brands that are like that would see it as, oh, that's an opportunity to advertise there. So do you see that as the case? Like usually if if a campaign performs well with one podcast that other companies are like, oh, we want to get on board with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, many clients that spend money in podcasting come from the same kind of buying agencies. So they see a relationship that makes a lot of sense on a podcast that they haven't bought on for their client. Um, They'll see that performance and think, I should test this audience with my client too, maybe. It's working for them, so maybe it'll work for mine too. So when you see performance, usually you kind of see a dogpiling of sort on those shows. Um, And performance... It's kind of hard to define what that means. I know that might be a big question for people that aren't familiar with advertising. So there are a lot of metrics that agencies use to to rank how a campaign performs and whether it makes sense to renew or to back off the show. And that's typically it's a CPA. Uh, it's a CPA. Um, sorry, that's the metric. It's cost per acquisition. So it's basically a virtual measurement of marketing success. And it measures like the aggregate cost to acquire a paying customer on a campaign, um, which the, it, there's a, like math that goes into it. And that's like the campaign cost divided by the amount of conversions on a promo code. And that's the result is your CPA. Um, so you always hear clients talking about goal and whether something's making goal or not. And uh, when something is hitting goal, that means that it's, it's successful and they want to partner on a deeper level which comes from an annual renewal, something, you know, a long-term campaign and a, a more deep partnership with the podcast. I'm learning so much from you. Like I, I so appreciate this conversation just c- because I've heard a lot of these terms and like, even just, you know, CPA and like the whole CPM, like I had heard this, these terms getting thrown around, but not really explained in an in-depth level. And now that you say it like that, it's like, it's not so scary. Like it makes sense, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. Cause I feel like new brand new baby podcasters, they kind of get thrown into the deep end of some of these things and they see these terms and everything getting thrown around. And I want them to know it's not scary. It's just mm-hmm. something that we just need to have it explained to us in a way that makes sense. That way, whenever someone does get an opportunity to work with a brand, work with a company where, you know, someone like y'all, like you approach someone and they're like, Hey, I think that this could be fantastic. They're not so like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to do that. Cause I'm selling out. Cause I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the impression that some podcasters get, but I actually, I see that we have a question. So I want to address this real fast. It says, what happens if you have a huge number of downloads on one or two episodes and a decent amount on all the others? It seems like you have to be a big fish or you're relegated to CPA affiliate codes. Any advertisers looking for the equivalent of micro influencers in the podcasting world. So can you kind of speak to that? Sure. Um, Well, when we, when we bring audience numbers to market, it's typically an average. So you're going to see episodes that spike and a lot of that's based on the topic for the episode or maybe a special guest that jumps on. Um, so it's hard to base your average on those numbers. However, those numbers are going to, in general, bring your total average up. So it's excellent and a big one for an advertiser to have a huge number of downloads. And that is going to going to benefit you if you have a cost per action type campaign on the show where you have more people listening to it. So you have a higher chance of having more conversions and effectively you'll make more commission on more sales. Um, but when you're doing more brand awareness or standard DR marketing, um, kind of what we were talking about with how they measure success using promo codes, stuff like that, um, you're going to typically base that on your average downloads on any given episode, not, not, uh, not those spike numbers, but those are really, I mean, obviously it's good to see, it's going to build your audience as a whole and, uh, it gives you an idea of the potential for your show. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's just important to kind of look at it that way because I could see where you're like, you get really excited because you're like, oh, I landed this big guest and then I'm going to get a spike. But then you're like, but what does this mean? Like, is this good? I mean, but like you said, it's it's going to raise all of your other averages. Everything else is just going to increase. And hopefully you get more big guests like that and continue to have, uh, you know, even more success over the life of your um, of your podcast. Um, but I wanted to ask more about because um, I know that we did talk about this last time, because like I said, most listeners are going to be within the first year, basically, of mm-hmm. their show. So are advertisers looking at the longevity of a show, like how long, if it's been around for four years or five years, does that play into it? Or what if, what if someone that has been an influencer on another platform somewhere, then they start podcasting and then it blows up? Like, like, are they looking more at like the reliable track record or if this happened for someone that's in their first year, like, what would you say to them? It totally depends. So as you said uh, before, we're talking about influencers. Some some uh, networks will pay a very famous influencer to come on and launch a seasonal show that you know is going to have a certain number of impressions. It's, it's going to go right out of the gates being super hot and uh, super attractive to national advertisers. So uh, that does happen uh, that you can't have a really short time frame for, a, you know, you can pre-sell shows, actually, if it's uh, something that's going to launch in a few months you're selling it. You know, you might even have a, an option. Something happened where a show sells out before it even goes live on the air. Um, so that happens with the big national, uh, big national clients and uh, big networks, stuff like, you know, so um, longevity is very good though for uh, independent podcasters. And uh, it really goes to build a more organically grown and highly engaged audience. Uh, I love working with independent podcasters for that reason. Your, your level of engagement is typically a lot a lot higher than it is with a influencer that's got a um, just kind of a random show that they kind of made up just based on the influence. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I would say that the amount of time a show has been on air does come into consideration when you're talking and, and negotiating with clients, but it's definitely not make or break. Uh, it's, it's going to be based on your average listenership for the most part. So um, whether you've been live for one year or, or 10 years, it's most of the time based on just your average listenership. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And I love, I love that we keep using like, it depends. It's variable because it's so true. Like, I mean, I could think of so many different podcasts out there that have a very broad topic, but Mm -hmm. the person speaking, like everyone wants to learn from that one person, but then there's other people that are super narrow, super focused and I'm sure their audience is crazily engaged with everything that they're talking about. So I, I totally agree. I think it just depends on what you're doing, who your audience is. And I, I'm just, I, I'm glad that we keep re- reiterating this point because it just makes your marketing easier and everything else like that. But I have a question about the logistics with you have a podcast, you have a brand, and then you have a company like yours. And um, we've have we said your company name yet? Yeah, the podcast ad reps. Have we said podcast that? Ad yeah. Reps. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, Shout out podcast ad reps. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever, um, so are y'all really just brokering the deal? Are y'all making sure that it works? Like, how is it that does a podcaster work with? directly you and then y'all work with the brand to figure out a contract how does all that work so we're partnered with independent podcasts and network podcasts um we usually 
uh, word travels pretty quick in, in our small podcasting community. Um, well, it's not so small anymore, but word travels fast for sure. And, uh, you know, when you're effective in building campaigns and revenues for one show, others are going to hear about it and and reach out. So that's kind of how we've we've uh, created our catalog. Um, we do broker deals. We, we do negotiate them between clients and shows. Um, we have like a lot of contacts on the client side. So we're able to virtually create streams of revenue overnight for some podcasts. Um, kind of, we've used health and wellness as an example many times. Um, I know who like who's spending money on those types of, of shows. So that's why podcasts will come to us to help them seek out those advertisers. Um, and it's, it's at limited, limited to no cost to the, the show because we get paid on a commission basis. So, you know, you don't, you only eat what you, what you kill. So, right. um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's the value that we bring is we'll broker deals. We manage campaigns. We make sure everything is structured properly and we're experts at doing that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're more of a sales network, less of like a true network, like a, a big wondery type. Um, you know, we're not creating our own content, but we're doing pretty much everything else. And uh, we, we definitely help shows grow their audiences uh, by partnering. You know, when you have a network, you can find a multiple sports podcasts and help them to arrange interviews and cross promote on each other's shows. So we, uh, we do have efforts where we help grow audiences as well as monetize. But that's our monetization is our main business. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. So I'm, I'm thinking about the the things that you're saying that align with so much of the things that I teach. And one of them I, that keeps popping in my head is about the format of a show. So I can imagine y'all have many different kinds, like long podcast, short podcast, mm-hmm. daily, weekly, you know, monthly, like I'm sure it just runs the gamut. But I am particularly curious about the performance of where an ad is placed. So can you speak to that? Like, do y'all have any like hard data about a intro ad is going to be better than a mid roll versus post roll? Like what, what do you have to say or what is your opinion about that? Yeah, definitely. This is a topic that comes out a lot when, when talking with podcasters that are just getting introduced to the ad space. Um, you know, there's three kinds of ads that we run on in, in the baked in format on podcasts. And that's the pre-roll, the mid-roll and the, pro, the post-roll. Um, 90 to 99% of the time when you're talking to national advertisers, they want a mid-roll read. Uh, that's because when you're in the middle of an episode and you're kind of in the middle of content, you take a break, you have the most engaged listenership. Um, so you kind of stop at an important point in the show, take a break for your advertisers, and uh, your listeners are going to be more engaged at that point. Then if you're going live with an ad at the very end, when you've had some listeners tune out pretty much, they've already kind of heard the majority of what you're delivering that day as far as content goes, and they're more inclined to just tune out. Same goes at the beginning during a pre in a pre-roll read. Uh, like on the Joe Rogan podcast, I think that a lot of regular listeners have become familiar with the fact that he kind of adds all of his advertisements at the very beginning of the episode. So you can basically skip a certain amount of time and okay. not have to hear any ads. So uh, yeah, that's, that's why mid rolls are the most desirable inventory. They, they cost the most, they, uh, it, you know, that's the best way to monetize. Um, so yeah, mid rolls are the most attractive. I'd say then it goes pre-roll pre-rolls can be very effective because most people listen to a podcast from the beginning to end. Um, and post rules are probably the more of a remnant type, lower rates, uh, less engaged listenership. Um, but you know, 
the way that you integrate, it should all be based on what makes the most sense for your show. So if, if interrupting in the middle of the, in the middle of an episode is a, is a serious no, no, then I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to scare off listeners and, and bring your average amount of listeners down by adding advertisers. But you know, sometimes it does make sense. So. Yeah. Well, I like that you said that it's kind of like keeping the integrity of like the relationship between the host and the listeners. That way you don't really like, cross that line because I mean, I I know personally I've listened to a show and they were like, we'll never have ads. We'll never have ads. We'll never have ads. Then guess what? They showed up one day and they had ads that were totally unrelated to everything that was on the podcast. And I I was just, I was done. I was just so done. I was betrayed. That's the word I like to use. I was betrayed by this show. I just couldn't listen to it anymore. But Mm -hmm. I think that we're covering just so many great things that I know Everyone that's listening is they've already had these questions because I had these in the first year of my podcast. I was so worried that I was the only person out there in the podcast space that had no idea how any of this worked. But now that I've been doing this for a while and I ask a lot of questions to a lot of my Mm -hmm. friends that are way smarter than me, I'm like, oh, wait, nobody knows all this stuff unless they start asking about it. So I wanted to really just have this conversation to let everybody know that if you're curious about advertising, like... I mean, Anthony has a fantastic company that works with great brands. And if you find that your podcast is to that point, then I suggest reaching out to them and seeing what could happen with your podcast. Because I think I think that there could be awesome relationships that you form with other brands. I want to read, uh, Shauna made a comment. She says, I'm happy, happy to recommend and share brands that I use. I would not consider that selling out. It's useful to know how to work with those companies. And um, I love like her input because that's that's how I feel too. Whenever I hear something on a podcast and it is 100% aligned with me, like I love the Office Ladies. The Office Ladies podcast is one of my favorites. And so when I hear something on there, I'm like, oh, I want that. I would totally buy that. I totally want it. So I can relate to having that like symbiotic relationship of everybody benefiting from you know, having a great partnership. So um, I am so appreciative of our conversation today, but I'm going to put you through the ringer again because no one heard your answers last time. Are you up for answering some rapid fire questions, Anthony? You know I am, Crystal. I'm, I love <laughs> okay. <you>. the best. <laughs> well, now now they're not so rapid fire because you've already had them before, so you're a little prepared. <laughs> same questions? All right, I got you. Yeah, we'll do the same ones. Okay, so... We've kind of answered this one already, but I'm going to ask again, uh, what advice would you give to a brand new podcaster? A brand new podcaster, sales or just in general? Just in general. If you know someone's starting, they're listening, like Mm -hmm. just from being in the industry, what advice would you give to them? So I would tell them that engagement is one of the most important important things that about all podcasting in general, your engagement with your audience. Um, don't just think about the podcast. Think about the brand that you're creating. Find your, your niche. Um, make sure you release episodes at a set cadence, establish that day, establish the time that you want to release your episodes and keep up with it. That way you have more listeners tuning in at the same time every week. They know where to access the episode and they know exactly what time to access and uh, keep that structure in place. And that's going to drive, more listeners that stick around for the long run. Um, yeah. And, and then other than that, really engagement is the word that you hear all the time in podcasting, uh, engage with your audience, be accessible, you know, just like you're doing here, 
um, reply to comments, reply to, to messages, keep up with your socials and your blogs and, and uh, create more of just a whole community surrounding your, your concept and your content rather than just a uh, podcast that releases whenever you, you know, you feel like it should. Um, right. I would say treat it like less like a hobby and more like, you know what, I'm making a show and I'm going to, I'm going to grow it and, and commit to this thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's exactly what I preach. I'm, I'm, I'm on that for sure. Okay. What is a dream podcast that you would love to be on? Well, I've got the, the Rogan poster back here. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. a big fan of the Rogan show. So I would have to say probably Joe Rogan's show just because he's a great interviewer and he's, he's unbiased and, uh, it's great content and a funny dude. So I'd say the Rogan podcast. That's awesome. So I'm going to give you my little like tidbit behind this because, and I'm trying to remember where I heard this from, but I did not realize how much preparation he puts into his show. And I didn't realize he was a stand-up comedian, like way, way, way. I mean, I know that he's a comedian and all the things, but like way back in the day. And that's why he is so good at being a podcaster. Like, would you agree with that? Like that plays yeah. like a big role into it. Definitely. I mean, the, the comedy, his comedian past is definitely really important. And I don't know if you ever watched fear factor, but he was the host yes. of Fear factor. So he's good at kind of moderating. And uh, other than that, he's like in martial arts. So there's a lot of different kind of uh, like the health aspect of it comes into play and diet, fitness, all that stuff. So it's definitely a, a lot of, there's a lot of layers to that show. So it's right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been something really cool to watch. Like from, from like where I sit in the industry, I'm always looking for a good case study. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, man, it's just, that's really cool. Okay. Right. So my next question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Um, I would say to a certain degree, I, I am, I am kind of a perfectionist. I like to be super organized. You kind of have to in this business, um, especially when there's so many lines cast in all sorts of directions. So you do have to be to a certain degree, but I try not to be to a point where it gets like almost toxic where you're trying to be perfect with everything. And if it's not a hundred percent, then you feel like you failed. So that's when you kind of cross the line. And I try to be somewhere in between perfection. I guess that's kind of my, my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It can be good and bad. It's good. It's good. I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Okay. And then, uh, this is my question just for you, because I know that you don't currently have a podcast. Do you see yourself starting a podcast one day? Maybe. I mean, I, I, I like to talk that's for sure. So, uh, <laughs> I would love to have a, I would love to have a podcast someday. Um, maybe we'll see. I don't know. I like I like comedy a lot, so I could see myself having, you know, having some sort of a show with some buddies, something like, you know, maybe a comedy type show or even just like producing stuff. I like to, I like to learn about the kind of technology side of things and, and production. So, um, you know, maybe having a podcast by producing one could be an option. So I'd yeah. say, sure. Yeah. I, I could see, I could see that someday being a thing. You're open to it. I, I'm, I'm like, what movie is that? So you're telling me there's a chance like that it could possibly happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if, it, if the opportunity presented itself, maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. Well, that's, that's good enough for me. Like a maybe is good enough as long as it's not a no. Cause then I'd be like, sorry, like we're done. We're done. Can't, can't be friends anymore. If you're going to say no, right. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show today and hanging out with us and really just 
giving us an education and podcast advertising because I think it's so important that more people really understand how the system works. That way more people can get in on the action and not kind of hold back and be scared of like this big mystery that is podcast advertising. I want more people to get out there and make some money with their podcast and really do big things. So I so appreciate it. Can you tell everyone where they can find more about your company? Sure. Yeah. You can learn more about us at podadreps.com. And I know there's not a lot of resources on the web on how to monetize your podcast. So if you ever have any questions, reach out to us. There's a comment section on there. And, uh, you know, we always follow up and love to help people get into the space. We love podcasting. So feel free to reach out. And thank you, Crystal. I, I really appreciate coming on with you today. Yeah, this was so helpful. And I know that so many people got just awesome things from this. So thanks again, Anthony. Excellent. Thanks, Crystal. Well, what'd you think? I hope that you found this episode super helpful because like I said, it was a fantastic conversation. We had so much fun and I felt like I could have I could have asked him so many other questions, but I was just like, okay, like we need to we need to wrap this up because I could go on for hours and hours trying to understand how we as podcasters can really get in on the advertising market and use what we have, our content, our audience, our platforms, everything in the most strategic way to really monetize our shows and bring even more value into this world, but also make some money with your podcast. Like I feel like that's gonna be my goal over the next 12 months is to understand more about how everything works and to really establish how you can use these tools from the beginning right? Like if you listen to part of our conversation, it's like, it's not about having a Joe Rogan size podcast. It's about having the right audience, targeted content, and people that are willing to engage with you and actually do what you ask them to do, whether it's a simple call to action or just doing everyday things that you mentioned within your podcast. But I want all of us to strive super hard to stay engaged with our audience, keep creating awesome content that is focused. Like, I feel like that's like the theme of everything we talked about was just niching down, getting more specific and having a very clear picture of who your ideal audience is. That way, when you do get the opportunity or you get to the point where you want to monetize, you could tell a sponsor or an ad rep agency like Anthony's, hey, this is who my listener is. I know them so well. They listen to me like they actually get me. They engage with me and they're in this for the long call. And I'm ready to have a strategic partnership with a brand that can elevate my audience and help them out and add more value. So that's what I got about uh, got out of today's interview. I hope that you found it just as helpful. I'm planning to do some more interviews just like this where we take uh, a live action video, live action. It's not like we were, you know, doing stunts and doing all that. I mean, we could, who knows? Maybe we do have something coming up or we're doing some exercise moves or something. I don't know. That sounds fun, right? <laughs> but I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Anthony today. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the link to his business. And I'm actually gonna link to where you can find uh, our live video if you wanna go check that out as well. So go to crystalprofit.com slash episode 155 to check out the show notes and see more about podcast ad reps. 
But that's all I have for you today. So I want you to take a screenshot wherever you're listening to this podcast and tag me and let me know what you thought about this episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere. 